Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Peregzayin, Pasuk Tezvav. Es hakol ra'isi bimei hevli. I have seen everything in my fleeting days. Yesh tzadik oved bitzidko. There is the righteous who is lost in his righteousness. Yesh rosha marich bira'aso. And there is the wicked who has length, who is sustained in his wickedness. Tagum. Yes, kola chazes biyome hevlusi. I have seen everything in my fleeting days. Demin kadavadanai, that before God, misgazrin tov uvish, is decreed good and evil. Meve ba'almo, to be in the world, al-Esak mazolayo, based on fortune. Disbiriu bahon, b'nanasha, that can be created for, uh, through them for man, so that there is a, an impact of one's circumstance. There is such a case of a man who is righteous. That is lost in his righteousness in this world. Meaning the, the factor of mazel, of fortune, which appears capricious, is only a factor in this world. So it appears unfair, he's righteous, and he's sustaining losses. How is that just or fair? It's limited to the sliver of what we can see in this world. And his merit is guarded for him in the world to come. So that's where you see, in the broader picture, the divine justice. Conversely, you have a man who is guilty, that has a length of days, in spite of his, his debts, his guilt. And the calculation of his evil deeds, they are guarded for him in the world to come. That he's going to have to pay for them on the day of great judgment. So the Targum is explaining over here this seeming. Uh, lack of justice between the righteous and the wicked is only 
from the perspective of this world. With a broader perspective, there is justice, but it requires looking to Alma Da'ase, to the future. Rashi, Ish Tzadik, there is the righteous, Oved B'Tzidko, who is lost in his righteousness. Afal Pishu Oved, even though he's lost, Odeno Ome B'Tzidko, he still is steadfast in his righteousness. There's a story of a certain coin. Yosef ben Pinchas. He had some type of parasite in his foot that caused him to have an illness. And it required amputation. They called the doctor to cut off his foot. When you come close to the conclusion of this surgery, let me know. The doctor did as he was ordered. The surgery was almost completed. The foot was still attached, but by a hair's breadth. And he told this fellow, Yosef ben Pinchas, Here we're, here's where we're at. Kara l'chonyo beno. And Yosef ben Pinchas called his son, Chonya, Amrlo b'ni, he told his son, My son, Adkan, Yisachai of the Tapelbi. Until this point, you're required to deal with me. And from here on out, after the limb is severed, you're no longer required to deal with interring this part of my body. The halacha is that a kohen does not make himself ritually impure of contact with the dead limb from his living father. Even though if his father dies, he does need to become impure to bury his father. That's a mitzvah. Not for the limb that was severed from his father in his father's life. So this is an example, Rashi is quoting a medrash, of the tzaddik Oved B'tzidko, that he is steadfast to the end in his being meticulous with the halacha and teaching to, to convey what does the Torah say in, in any given situation. He's concerned not with what's going to be, who's going to deal with this. He's concerned that the Torah be followed, that God's will be fulfilled in spite of his tremendous suffering, in spite of him getting the raw end of the deal, if you will, in this particular circumstance. His overriding concern is, what does the Torah say, even in a challenge? Let's see the Ben Ezra. Es hakol, yesh hu hanemtza leprokim. There are things that happen occasionally. When King Solomon says, I've seen it all, it means even things that are exotic and rare. 
Ovid Pitsidko, the righteous lost in his righteousness, Shitsidko Yavdeno. That not just he is righteous, and in spite of his righteousness, he sustains a loss, but rather, the Ebenezer is learning it's through the righteousness itself. Kimo Hamisanatomit. Too much of a good thing, if you will. He's engaging in a fast, and a fast can be, and is, in the appropriate context, a facet of teshuva, of returning to God. And it could be too much, though. If he's fasting too much, so it it can be deleterious on his health. So he's doing something that he's trying to be righteous through it, and yet he could be lost through what he's trying to do in righteousness. And conversely, the Ibn Ezra is taking the same tack on the conclusion of the verse. The wicked who have sustaining capacity and ability in their wickedness, the tendency of wickedness is to be destructive. So somebody who is working towards wickedness in an aggressive manner is not likely to have a sustained capacity to continue with it. It's going to have fallout one way or the other. The crime doesn't pay even in the short term when it's pursued to its destructive conclusions. And that's to be expected. What is unusual and exotic is somebody who's doing everything wrong, he's fully engaged in extreme hedonistic pursuit towards self-destruction, and you'd expect that he'd burn himself out one way or the other through this plan, through this course of actions, and nonetheless, somehow, he's able to keep going. That's unusual. That's what the Ibn Ezra says. Let's see the Mitsudas David. Yish Tzadik. There is the righteous Ovid Bitsidko, lost in his righteousness. So be may heavily. The first part of the verse. Ken Yikru Yimei Adam Lefisha Enam Nitzchim. The Mitsudas David is pointing out why is King Solomon referring to his fleeting days as such. Just saying my life. What I've seen, Ra'isi. Bimehevli is what a person sees in the temporal. So that, that would give support towards the interpretation of the Targum, of looking at the here and now, only the empirical that we can access. And that's what he's seeing. Yish tzadik. Vihine. Iskalti asher yish tzadik nevat. Through the seichel, through understanding the righteousness of God, 
and the justice of God, we can conceive, as the Gemarian Kedushan speaks, of a righteous person who is lost in, from, from the world, this world, by sinning a small amount. Kashayata ma'at. Shazel over Rav Tzidko. That we find the the precision of judgment that God has with the righteous is on a very exacting and demanding scale. So it's it's kind of like a bell curve, if you will. As somebody approaches, approaches perfection, so the most minute deviations from that are scrutinized and treated with greater seriousness. If he wasn't so thoroughly righteous, so he wouldn't have been punished for such a small infraction. And this is at the face of it, somewhat surprising, I would qualify that what he means is he wouldn't be punished on in, in this world, necessarily. The Vilna Gon says, somebody who's terribly wicked, don't think that God will not judge them for every act of wickedness, large and small. Just because they've committed heinous crimes doesn't mean that on the finer errors they will be given a pass. The example that I heard Bishem the Vilnagon in his name was that he said even somebody who's a kofrapikaris, the, the hardcore sinner, he's also going to be punished for not making a shahakal on a, on a glass of water, not making the appropriate blessing on a drink of water. So if that's when he says over here, Mitzudas David, if he was not such a tzaddik, he wouldn't have been punished on this. Presumably, he means to this degree or in this world. Right? There's in God's judgment. So, like the Ramban says in his letter to his son, somebody who's in possession of greater Torah is held to a higher standard. He is expected to utilize what he knows. To do better. So he is held to a higher standard. That doesn't mean that if something is wrong, that there won't be any repercussions for it at all. Marach also. So, by the case of the Russia, the wicked, who has, is occasionally sustained in his wickedness, or as Matthias learns, we may heavily from the perspective of the fleeting days of this world. So it would appear. He's given a length of days of goodness. And this actually is on account of the severity of his wickedness. So he's done so much evil that the scale of his personal assessment, where he is, is wicked. And ki az yarech mutrad 
in order for God to engage in justice, so he does have this world and the world to come to calibrate how that justice takes form. And if somebody is wicked in the extreme, so that pushes, as the Gemara Kedushan says, the, the calculus of how God will give him his reward and punishment to stagger the reward in this world and to lack that reward in the world to come. Meaning, in the world to come, he'll be left with a punishment of all the sins that he has accumulated from his actions in this world, inactions in this world, whatever it may be. And by that being what he has chosen as his, his primary path of wickedness, so that, that's going to uh, alter where his punishment and where his reward are, are given and received. Atalimus Chachma says, Asakora isi, the Gomer, the Yesh Tzadik of a Bitsidko, Kmo Iov, like Job, Shemachmas Shitziko Nafsho, Melohav, Harbim Od Ira al Mishbato, Isbarach, Kofar, Bahabedvarim. So the idea of being lost in his righteousness, Talmud Chachma explains that he is lost because his, his anchor is his righteousness. He understands his righteousness to be unassailable, like Job, and therefore this is actually causing him to impugn injustice to God. So this is causing him to be lost taking this as a premise, as an as a immutable truth, that he is righteous, he's going to start making errors from that basis. He's interpreting the idea of Ovid to be lost as lost from being righteous towards wickedness. And will come those who are lost Pasuk in Yeshaya, famous verse, the restoration and ingathering of the exiles, the Talmud Chachma learns a return of the wayward. Yesh Rosha, Marach Biraso, Kemo Elisha, Hanikra Ache. A classic example in the Talmud, Mishnah, is Elisha ben Avuya, who is given the Kinu, he's called Acher. The other one, because in his own estimation, he considered himself entirely wicked, to the extent that there is no way for him to rectify his sin. So this led him to engage in even more wickedness. This this is the Rosh Amarach Biraso, the perception that he had that he was lost due to his wickedness actually was, was a, a it, it was a tool, if you will, of the Yitzhahara to 
encourage him to even sin more. So that, that's, to quote my Rashiva in high school, never listen to the Yitzhahara to throw in the towel. Right? Somebody's made a mistake. As Gemara says, somebody's eating garlic, should they eat more garlic? Their breath stinks. What, they should have more garlic now? No. Okay, person sinned. Don't sin more. So don't be marich. Even if somebody did do a rishus. Mishnah says a person should view themselves as wicked. It's not a healthy self-perception, and it actually leads to more sin. Let's see this far now. I've seen everything. That there is a precision in justice, both for good and evil, that it's commensurate. And in this you have the righteous lost in their righteousness. Because of some sin that they did not do teshuva from, they didn't return from this sin. And it is not within the realm of his righteousness and his merits to save him from punishment. Because fulfilling a divine precept does not extinguish a sin. The only way to extinguish the sin is teshuva. It's not like an accounting consideration with income and, and expenses that are of the same currency, merits and, and sins are two separate calculations. The Yesh Rosha Marach Bira also, there is a, a wicked one who is sustained in his wickedness. This is when God Blessed be he gives a person the payment for some act of good that he has performed. It's not possible for his wickedness, as great and terrible as his wickedness might be, to extinguish that merit. He has a merit. It must be compensated. He must be paid for it. And therefore, Roy Lishmar Hamitzvah Therefore, it is worthwhile to guard divine command without any deviation from what that command is. Do not add or subtract from it. Both are a type of sin or missing the mark. And making an error is not going to spare a person they, they, they won't be spared by any other good deed that they have done. So, if a person has hate, some error, some sin, it must be addressed. Tshuva is the way to address it. But the fact that they did something else good does not counter having made an error, doing uh, an addition to what the Torah says or a subtraction from what the Torah says. Whatever is a hate is independent of the Maisatov. The good deeds that they do are a separate consideration. Let's see the next Pasuk. Pasuk Tazayan. 
Altid Sadik Harbe, do not be overly righteous. Val Tishakam Yoser, and don't be overly wise. Lama Tishomim, why should you become desolate? Let's see how Targum explains this. Losehei zakai yate. Don't be overly righteous. Be'idon dischayev chayova. At a time when there is a verdict of guilty, ketol be'vez dinoch. Carry out the sentence in your court. Be'dil lechayosa alohi. And the, the, what you're not doing is, or what you shouldn't be doing, is being merciful over this criminal to not kill him. And don't be wise. Yate chuchmas rashiayo. Don't don't be overly wise in a, in a manner that will allow the wicked to continue to be uh, alive. And don't learn from their ways. Meaning, in a case where the Torah says, it's exceedingly rare and overwhelmingly theoretical. But when the Torah does say that the halacha is, that the Torah demands, and you shall destroy the evil from your midst. So don't be smarter and wiser than the Torah to be merciful over the wicked. Allow them to fester. Sometimes, Engaging in the surgery to remove something that's harming the organism is the right thing to do, as painful as it is. So if that is what the Torah demands of the courts, so that is what the courts must do. Why should the, the, these wicked ones be a snare? Uh, based on a deviation from what the Torah demands. Again, in these extremely rarefied cases. So being tzaddik harbe, and ex exceedingly righteous, means more righteous than the Torah, or more wise. What would these cause is to show me desolation. So don't be smarter than the Torah. Keep the Torah. Let's see Rashi. Alte Tzadik Harbe, Kishol. The paradigm of this type of thinking is like Shaul, King Saul. Shedim Elios Tzadik. He was trying to be righteous. Berichem al Rashaim. And he was merciful on the wicked. He did not carry out the divine command to destroy Amalek. Do not be 
overly smart. To create a logical construct that is foolish. What was that construct? Just as for the loss of one soul, the Torah says, it's such a tragedy. Bring the Egla Rufa, that there's a whole proceeding of atonement for the death of a wayfarer, that the elders come to the, the site of the death, they break the neck of the calf, the Egla Rufa, and say that they were unaware of what transpired. They certainly would have sent him off in a manner that he would be protected had they known. All of this as a, a sensitivity towards this tragic loss of life. So Shalom El said, all the more so over here, you have innocent babies in the camp of Amalek. Right? This, this is a, a type of extension to, to kill them intentionally. But this is a Kavachomer Shoshtos. This is a foolish Kavachomer. It's not solid, ironclad, a fortiori logic, because there's a divine command here. God does know better. And it was disastrous that he was acting in a way of tzaddik harbe, overly righteous to the detriment of the Jewish people and of himself. Let's see the Ben Ezra. Altia. Imis palalta. If you have prayed from morning till night, and engage in fasting, and other such practices, you will become desolate. And what is the idea? To turn away from civilization. Like those who make error of becoming hermits or uh, going into various types of monasteries where they're isolated from civilization among those in the lands of Adam or Yishmael. This is an error. If a person seeks to become Overly wise. Umilas to show me. What does it mean to be shmama desolate? Binin nifal. Vyeshomrim. Kid dagshus ashin. Enal xaran nun. Nifal. Rak xaran tav his file. By roy shayia tishtomim. Kilo yimtsa me binin nifal. Mefale ha kefel. Shayimtsu shneem. Rak yimtsa v'binyan hispoel v'paolim sha'ayin shalahem eno shalim k'mo tivna v'tikonim. The way the Ibn Ezra is learning is that even though it says tishomim loma tishomim, it to be slightly sharper could have written tishtomim, not just to become desolate, but to make desolate, to make oneself. Desolate. Let's see the Mitzudas David. Alti Tzadik Harbe. 
to restrict and prohibit upon oneself that which the Torah permitted in order to make offense and protection from sin and do not become overly wise beyond that which was decreed by divine wisdom Loma Tishomim, why become desolate? Loma Tase Kezos, Lasheves, Mishuma, Meblibo, Milis Chaberimach, Lavu Marbis Haprishus, Tiamuvdo Mina Noshim. If a person engages in stringencies that isolate them from other people, so this is going to have fallout. It's not just impacting them personally but it will make people have a hard time relating to them. So the, the over-separation, engaging in, in separating themselves beyond what the Torah prescribes, will separate them from people and cause desolation. And just, of course, the Mitzvah David is not describing anything uh, against the Torah. The Torah does tell tell us explicitly that there is jurisdiction for the Chachamim to give and enact siyog together to enact fences around the Torah. But that's that is the, the eyes of the congregation, the Sanhedrin, to do so. And it's not for an individual to create their own restrictions that will isolate them from the community. That is, is a loss that should be considered. And, and a person should follow what the Torah says, not to be more righteous than the Torah. And the Torah, of course, did recognize that the the eyes of the congregation, will see the weaknesses of a generation and where it's appropriate to create a fence, but that's not given over to each individual, particularly not in a manner that will isolate them from others. So this is the follow-up on what he just said. Do not be overly righteous, he adds in your eyes, and do not be overly wise. Do not become wise and judge the divine judgment like Job did. Because he was righteous in his eyes, so that was his starting point, is that he was righteous. Therefore, the judgment of God he viewed as evil. And the fallout of this perspective caused him to deny the resurrection of the dead, divine providence, and other principles of truth that all fell by the wayside 
based on this erroneous starting point that he is perfectly righteous and everything else flowed from there. And the idea that Tzumas Chachma is saying is if a person is tzadik harvest, so self-confident in their righteousness, then their thoughts that flow from that assumption can be wrong and evil, and there's a big risk. Why should a person risk their eternity based on this presumption of their own righteousness? It's better to have the humility that maybe a person, perhaps, made an error somewhere. That's a, a, a more humble perspective that is safer and smarter than risking the fallout of maintaining the unwavering sense of tzadikarbe, fully imperviously righteous. Let's see this far now. L'chein alti tzadik harbe. Therefore, he adds l'chein. Don't be overly righteous. Kenyan show. As we saw before in Rashi, the matter is exemplified by King Saul. Shirichem al rishoyim, that he was merciful on the wicked. Neged mitzvah against the command of God. God gave him a command, and he violated that command. To destroy Amalek. Don't be overly wise. For an example, to make vows in order to find favor. So if it's just to try and get brownie points, don't make a vow. Where is a vow helpful? If a person needs to strengthen themselves to avoid sin. So that's a, a reasonable place to take a vow, but not just to try and be aggressive in gaining favor. Let's see the next Pasuk. Yudzayin. Al-Tirsha Harbe. Do not be very wicked. Va'al tehi socha, and don't be a fool. Lama somos beloitecha. Why should you die before your time? Let's see the targum. Lo sahach basar hirur libach. Don't go after the thoughts of your heart. Lishayova, to be guilty. Sagi, very much. Velo sirchak orchak. And do not distance your path from the house of learning of the divine Torah. To be a fool. Why should you cause death to your soul? And shorten the years of your life. To die. To die. Before the time has come for your death. 
the way Targum is interpreting Al-Tirsha Harbe is interesting, meaning don't be very wicked. He's explaining that in a, in a subtle sense, right? It's obvious, don't be very wicked. In fact, don't be even a little wicked, right? This is kind of a surprising recommendation from King Solomon. Don't be very wicked. So the Targum is explaining the subtlety here. Don't go after the thoughts of your heart to become very guilty. So that's, that's already a more subtle point, meaning making small errors that will compound over time. Don't, don't be very wicked means don't make a mistake that's going to lead to much more wickedness. And the con continuity of the verse, he's learning along the same lines, do not be a fool, is, is something that would be a life choice that would lead to the greater guilt. If somebody distances themselves, their, their home, from the house of divine learning, divine wisdom, so that's foolish. And among the fallout that he's describing here is an early death that obviously is a, is a serious loss for something that seems, at the face of it, not so severe. It's not, he's not doing a sin per se, but he's setting up his life in a way that is geared towards failure. Let's see how Rashi explains it. Altir Shaharbe. Do not be overly wicked or very wicked. Afilu Even if you did do a little bit of sinning, engaged in some wickedness, but don't add to it. Why should a person die? Why should you die before your time? Kishol, like King Saul. Shnemar, as it says concerning King Saul, Vayomas Shol, and King Saul died, in the uh, veering from the divine will in the matters of wiping out the city of Nov Irkonim, the city of 85 Kohanim who are no sebad, adult men, women and children, a small city that he obliterated thinking that they were supporting a revolution by his son-in-law, David. He was unfortunately uh, overly zealous in thinking that David was posing a threat to him. And in that, he was Moab. He violated the, the mandate he had as the king of Israel, as well as with killing not killing Amalek. So he killed those he shouldn't have killed, and he didn't kill those who he should have killed. The wicked Amalek. What happened? He died early. He died young. Let's see. Ibn Ezra. 
Al Tirsha, do not be very wicked. Bavur Shirov Haresha Yoviatomus Litesakana Engagement in too much wickedness can bring a person to danger. Because of that, Omar Lama Thomas Goitecha, why die before your time? Vida. And now he's explaining it doesn't really mean wickedness over here. Presumably he's bothered by the basic question, what does it mean, don't be very wicked? Don't be a little bit wicked. So he's interpreting wicked here in a, a deviation from the standard, simple explanation of the word wicked. Vida, and you should know, ki harishus asik It means engaging in the matters of the temporal, of this world. The encouragement that King Solomon is giving is engage in this world to fulfill your needs. So, don't don't be overly materialistic, don't be overly worldly, in the sense that do what is necessary for your success in this world, but not more. Ve'al, continuing the verse, Ve'al sochal, don't be a fool, klal, at all, gesichlos, memes blow ace. Because being a fool will kill a person young. So don't be, don't ever be a fool, he's saying, but engaging in this world is necessary, just it should be not in excess. That's the way the Ebenezer is interpreting Altir Shaharbe. Let's see the Mitsudos. Altir Shaharbe. Ibolchadova Machrid. If something terrifying comes to a person, Altechrad Yosemidai. Do not be overly frightened. Altabalbel Daitra. And do not be disoriented. So here the interpretation, Altir Shaharbe, again, he's not learning Russia in the standard sense of wickedness. He's learning Russia, Altir Shaharbe, as Tirsha in the sense of fear or terror. Right, so I'll give you an example of this idea, the usage of the word rasha, resha, not in the sense of wicked. If you look in Shmuel Aleph, Yedalid Mem Zayin, so Samuel 1, 14, 47, Yishol Lokad Hamalucha Al Yisrael, and King Saul consolidated the kingdom, kingship over Israel, and he waged war against all of his enemies around Bemoav, Uvivne Amon, against Moab and the sons of Amon, Uva Edom, as well as against Edom, Uva Malche Tsova, and the kings of Tsova, which is Syria, Uva Plishtim, against the Philistines. And against all that he turned 
Yarshia. The Mitsudas Tzion explains, Yacharid Vibalbil. He would instill terror and confusion. So that's another example of where the word Yashia doesn't mean to make wicked, but to cause fear or terror. That is the way Matsudas is learning over here as well. Again, bothered by the shocking words of King Solomon, if you would learn that it means wicked, don't be very wicked implies what be a little wicked. So he's learning it doesn't mean wicked, it means do not be overly fearful. So continuing back in the Mitsudas David, Valti Sochel, and do not be a fool, Levli Hargish Klum, to feel nothing. If something is terrifying, you should notice. Don't go into a panic attack, don't be overly debilitated by a shock of fear, but don't be oblivious to it either. Why should you die before your time? Why should you do like this? That on account of this, these, you shall die before your days have been completed. Somebody who is overly fearful can actually die from the stress of his terror. It's, it's not healthy and it's not sustainable in the long term. It, it has a, a cumulative toll. As well, one who has no fear whatsoever is impervious to any sense of danger. He won't be careful to, to take the precautionary steps against something that is terrifying. And death is prepared in his hand. That is an imminent danger. One who is fearless when there is room to be sensitive and have fear. So he's interpreting Tarshia again as fear. Don't be overly fearful. But the foolishness he's talking about is to not feel any fear whatsoever. Both can shorten a person's life. Let's see. Let's Al tir shaharbe. Rasha. Don't be very wicked, even if you are wicked. Don't be like Elisha Benavuya, who engaged in excessive wickedness, even though he was wicked. Why die before your time? It's possible that you still have time to return and strength to return. El Hashem to God. Al in spite of the wickedness that a person is already engaged in, perhaps they have the time and power to return from that 
and to live further. And when a person engages in further wickedness, like Acher, Elisha ben Avuya did, then a person will die without their time, that they will not be able to do Teshuvah. Ve'al tehi sachal, do not be a fool. Kish dvorim, she'hasoga behen michuyogis. There are certain things that their apprehension is obligatory. Kemo shenema, as it says in Dibre Yomim, Aleph, Chofches, Tes, Chronicles 1, 28, 9, Da es Eloi Avicho. Know the God of your Father. This is something that is incumbent upon us. We must know the God of our Father. Behen, other such things. Harbidvarim, there are many things. There are certain things that trying to apprehend them is restricted. As it says in Chagiga, Dafid Gimel, Al Tidrosh. Things that are beyond your capacity to comprehend, don't try to seek them out. So there are certain things that are an imperative. We are required to strive to know God. And we're also restricted from inquiring into things that are beyond our capacity to comprehend. So, concerning this, King Solomon is advising us to not be overly wise and not to be foolish. Meaning, a person needs to know where to invest their energies, what to learn, and where not to invest their energies. Like the Ramam says in the second chapter of Chagiga, in Pirish Mishnayis, that to inquire into things that are beyond human comprehension is a violation of the glory of our Creator. If it's something that would destroy a person to try and comprehend what's incomprehensible to them, so they're not utilizing their gifts in accordance with God's will. Everything we have is meant to be used in a way geared towards success, towards being utilized in the capacity that it can be and should be used in, not for purposes that it was not designed for, including our brains, our minds. So that's something that's mufla, that's beyond you. So don't try and understand what you can't understand. And let's see this farno. Al Tirshaharbe, do not be very wicked. To be cruel even against the wicked more than what is fitting. As it says in Dvorim, Deuteronomy 25.3, that the wicked were worthy of lashes shall be struck 40, which is according to our sages 39, 40 minus 1, Shall they be struck? And not more. There's a prohibition to increase upon the punishment, not to do more. 
We're not allowed to be cruel in administering the punishment, even the, when the punishment is mandated. Ve'al tehi and don't be foolish to turn entirely from engagement and toil for the life here in this world. A person needs to invest their time and energy to make sure that they can get on and live in this world, what's commonly called derecheretz, in a general sense of having a, an occupation, having some means from which to sustain oneself, this is an important facet of how to live in this world, the life of the temporal. And don't be a fool to turn away from that entirely, even to toil in Torah and Mitzvahs, which, that's the greatest uh, contrast, meaning Torah and Mitzvahs, of what bring a person to the eternal life. What could be better than that? Well, that is certainly what a person needs to strive to do, but not at the expense of ensuring that they have Chaye Shah covered. A person does need to engage to a degree in what is needed for their life here and now. And if a person is derelict, he's considering it a foolishness, to put that aside entirely, even for the most lofty goals, that is a mistake. That's called foolishness. So that's along the lines of what Rabbeinu Tam said, quoted in Tosus Yishonim, in Yuma, Yofet HaMotara Im Derech Eretz, Derech Eretz Iker. He's saying that the Derech Eretz has to be addressed and cannot be negated. It has to be addressed in, in order, actually, to legitimately have the Torah, and over here this far as saying, and the mitzvahs. So, Eisek Chayeshah is imperative, and it's foolish for a person to negate it in the extreme, in its entirety, because a person is put here in this world, needs to sustain themselves here in this world. It doesn't mean that they should lose sight of the fact that it's a temporal existence and that they should focus their energies on greater investments with what they can achieve of chaye olam, eternal life, through Torah and mitzvahs, but they must put enough, enough energies into sustaining themselves in this world. Lomo Thomas Bloitecho. Why should you die without your time? That you won't be successful. If a person negates the imperative of sustaining themselves in this world, they might not survive in the Limud Torah. They won't be successful in that. And they won't be successful in this world. They could lose everything. So a person does need to dedicate some amount of time to the here and now and not be foolish and disregard that entirely.